This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatane by Muera Karatai. Kia ora, Muera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. Did Fakatane get invaded by hordes yesterday? Um, I um, I think that we've we've kind of like like the anti-horde place because our um, our rural Māori communities. Um, we still don't have a very high uptake in some of those places, and there are a lot of reasons for that, and a lot of those are social reasons rather than anti-vax reasons. And um, so we're really protective of those communities, and we haven't, like, put up the big welcome sign saying, everybody's welcome, bring your um, coronavirus with you. We've just, um, we've actually been like, please stay away um, unless you know for sure that you're not going to put our community at risk because we, we really are a high-risk community. And a lot of that high risk is um, also tied to our high meth use in the community as well. Oh, uh, yeah. And there's just so many reasons why. And, yeah, it's, just, it's a pretty scary time, actually, Sam, I have to say. It is. It's, mm. it's a time of uncertainty when we've had a, such a... Well, compared to the rest of the world, we've had it so good for so long, but this is certainly a time of uncertainty. Let's, before we carry on talking, let's introduce or reintroduce who we're introducing today. Uh, It's my great pleasure to introduce Rachel Elder. Now, I didn't get to be on the interview when we first interviewed Rachel, so it's a real pleasure to get to spend some time with you today. Rachel is a city councillor, community connector, activist and doer of generally good deeds actually <laughs> and um and also um you're a really great social commenter as well I, I like reading what you write on social media and i just think you're just great and it's so nice to have you here uh and then to find out that you're actually the sister of someone who i know really well and that i know your parents <laughs> so welcome rachel yes yes kia ora and uh, what a neat um way to connect um through whanau and relationships um, because I share a grandchild with Sam and Leslie, and I share um, that uh, Fano connection up in Fakatani with um, Winnie and Simon, so nice. who are doing great things up there as well. I really admire the work they're doing with um, their community. Yeah. So welcome, welcome back. I think I- Rachel, you are at home today. I see. Yes, yes. You can see I've got a an old house that's sort of arts and craft, which I love. We went tramping last week when we did the Kepler. 
with Ben, Ben Dawson, yes. who is your neighbour. Awesome. I love Ben. Oh. He's sort of like a son to me because he's a tall and skinny. He reminds <laughs> me of Warren to some degree. <laughs> I've known Ben since he was hours old. Is that right? Indeed. Just another uh, reminder that we're not far away from each other and we're all connected. So we've been asking people how their bubble lives have been. So we, we asked you before about the the first bubble life so we can skip past that one how's your bubble life been this year i actually it was funny because um i was late to a meeting well actually someone rang and said are you coming to the meeting and i said oh shit <laughs> that's what i said <laughs> and i wasn't far away because i live in the middle of town so i said i'll be there in 15 minutes and i thought to myself why did that happen and I think um, I've called it COVID brain. I've got this saying now that if anything I do wrong or out of schedule is just COVID brain. Why? Because all of my life is out of schedule. <laughs> you say you're going to have a meeting, then it doesn't happen. You say you're going to have a face-to-face -face meeting and then you have it on Zoom. Um, and so you can't plan with certainty, you know, um tomorrow all that you've planned mightn't actually happen and i think um i think that's doing people's heads in um it, because we all like routine and rituals and we all like to plan ahead and that's really been wiped from under our feet so i think i i suffer from covid brain <laughs> um <laughs> I think um, things take 10 times longer. So, I mean, in bureaucracy, things are sl slow anyway, as everyone knows. But I think, you know, in everything, things are taking that much longer. And so, again, people's frustrations build up. Um, and then your human connections. I mean, your human connections, I mean, I haven't seen mum for a while up in Whakatane or Simon or Winnie. Um, and so those things are stretched as well. So I, I think um, I was thinking about it and um, I was listening to um, someone and he said that, that there's a lot of people stressed at work. Um, so um, that's happening. I'll, I'm also probably enjoying my garden a lot, which is my sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm enjoying... I'm really lucky to have Vaughan and Sean and Lucy and Jesse and Erica and Summer. I'm very lucky to have them in Dunedin. I feel quite blessed, really, because for a lot of people, those family connections are stretched. So, um, yeah, th those things have happened. Um, I think COVID did give me an opportunity to have time out, though. And in one of those times out um, I, with a group of friends of mine, created the Dunedin Tracks Network Trust <laughs> to facilitate um, track building around Dunedin and linking, because I think the outdoors is just so important. So it can be a creative time, it, but at the same time, it's very chaotic. It's I think it's very, very hard on people. Did I see a launch party or, or starting work on those northern tracks? Yes, yes. So 
what happened um I've, right from the start even before i got on council i i think dunedin's a wonderful outdoors city it's just got amazing hills it's got amazing views and for me it's nature restores my soul so being out there is really cool and but the more i got out there the more i posted about it the more i realized a lot of people in dunedin didn't understand what they've got on their back door so i've been working um quietly just with a group of friends um talking about how we can link a lot of the tracks that we've got and make them easier as well because dunedin's hilly <laughs> we don't want them all up and down we want everybody to be able to access um nature i suppose um and whether they be biking or walking so yeah we've been working on that for a while and, and i talked to emily and emily 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 cooper she used to um own silk body that emily cooper mm -hmm. so she's got initiative with a capital i <laughs> and um her and i got together about the coastal community connection so we just got uh, 28,750 to do a feasibility study. But we're working with DOC and we're working with um, Karatani, the, oh, the hapu there. Um, who's that? Um, Suzanne Allison. Um, so she's really keen because there's Karatani tours there. Um, so we're working with DOC. Um, Regional Council, NZTA, a whole lot um, to make that happen. That's so it's cool. going to happen. Well, if anybody's <laughs> going to make it happen, you will. Again. Yes, exactly. I want to come back and talk more about sort of the community engagement work that you do. But let's first have the first of your music choices. Let's have Ben Harper with my own two hands. Why this one? Ah, oh, well, I think quite often we intellectualise stuff and... Um, I'm an activist, so I like to get things done. Um, Rosie the Riveter's my kind of symbol, and it, there's a lot about me and Rosie the Riveter. One, one is roll your sleeves up and get things done. So with my own two hands, Ben Harper's a social activist. He's a social justice person, and it's talking about making a change with your own two hands, which suits me down to the ground. I love him. Make a better place with my own two hands. Make a kind of place. Oh, with my own, oh, with my own two hands. With my own, oh, with my own two hands. With my own, with my own two hands. I can make a peace on earth with my own two hands. Human race with my own, with my own two hands. 
for so many reasons um, and a, a lot of challenges that we face uh, that we, we've faced challenges before but never kind of en masse like we have right now and I wonder where you know for someone like you who's so incredibly active in the community as a problem solver and also with the mandate for making change in your role as a city councillor where do you draw on your positivity from in those times where things get tough? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because times do get tough and sometimes I hit the wall, <laughs> as we all do. And I think um, certainly in a time of chaos that happens, um, you have self-doubt, you go, can I do this? Have I got enough energy for it? I suppose for me, um, I have a strong belief in um, the dignity of every human being. And that's why I like my own two hands. I also like... Um, another Ben Harper song about people being a treasure, everyone being a treasure. And I think um, that's about dignity and respect. That drives me. I think um, also Russell's a real big support, my husband and my family. Um, but I get restored by being in nature. So I actually have to take time out and just go up on the hill on my bike or go on the bush. Um, and, and also I have a sense of um, purpose and meaning. So um, I have a vision uh, and um, I suppose that kind of drives me. But it's, it's a neat vision and it's about um, one, connecting people to nature and having a holistic view of getting out there. The other is more about um, empowering communities. But yeah, I do hit the wall sometimes. And I think also um, I, I have, we all have to learn, I suppose, and, and that's something that I find hard is that actually persistence gets you there. So sometimes you feel like giving up, but actually it's actually carrying on through those hard times and not giving up that actually gets you there. And, and, and sometimes that's really hard. Um, and I've learned a lot from, um, I help start up, you know, the um, crowdfunding for Ocho and then I've helped Cafe Logic both those two start start up. I learned from a lot from that and like hey logic. It's like you can do things that are impossible. 
it feels like it's impossible, but you can do it. I learned a lot. I learned a lot from that. So I think I believe in the impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, I like the challenge of impossible. It's one of my favorite things when people say to me, no, that can't be done. I'm like, okay, hold my handbag. <laughs> I'll go do <laughs> I'm it. I'm a bit like that too. There's a little bit of um, anti-authoritarian or stuff you I'm going to do it anyway, kind of behavior there sometimes. That's kind of nice though. Looking at the, so I'm guessing that, I mean, all around New Zealand, everyone's kind of got um, a priority list of all of the social things that need to be sort of figured out and tricky times at the moment. But if there was one thing in your community that you could change right this instant that would have a massive flow on effect and, and impact positively on all your other social things that you want to change, what would that one? one thing be oh well i i really really love the statue uh statue the sculpture going up in the octagon and if i could give anything to anybody and that is their dignity and their mana and if people have dignity and mana and value it changes everything and so that's what i think um it's about equity it's about dignity and mana and um and that goes across the spectrum really so um i would like for um and i'm working on some stuff on this at the moment is for um people to see their, themselves reflected in the community their culture and um the beauty of their culture and the dignity of their culture reflected in the community and presently um in dunedin it's not as there's not there's not that visibility. So yeah, I suppose giving people mana and dignity and um, from there they feel powerful enough. Yeah, that's pretty big though. <laughs> here, in, here in the Eastern Bay of Plenty, we've worked really hard to establish the Māori wards to have that for that exact reason because when our children looked into our council, they did not see no. themselves reflected. No. See all pale faces who had no cultural link to um to our to exactly. our local Māori community who didn't see that world through a Tiao Māori lens. Do you have that in Dunedin? Is that is your council reflective mm. of um, Tangata That's a discussion, an ongoing discussion actually we're having with local Māori um from Otako and uh Pukutaraki. Um, and that is, um, at the moment, we've got a Maori particip participation working party um, that's quite central to council. Um, we've now got a top policy person, Janine Jeanette Wakara, who's now working um, through all our policies and strategies that um, treaty. We've also got um, 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 on infrastructure committee and the planning and environment committee, we're, we're training up some Māori people now who will be on those committees and who will have voting rights. So, and that's what um, the local Māori wanted. They said at the moment, one of the um, concerns they have is their own capacity to step up to all the things they're being asked to do. And you know, honestly, I I look at what that what they are doing, and I go, a lot of it's voluntary, and they're doing so many hours a week, you know. And um, so building capacity is really, really important. But until someone's at the table, how do you right. do that? You can't. So, and in fact, when he stood for council, um, Simon, my brother, put and when he when he went for council and and came up against the brick wall, really. So it's quite discouraging, and I'm so glad. Pakatani voted to have Māori wards. And when he was a, a great step forward. 
and when he was part of the team there were a team of us and when he was really important part of that team that got that over the line and for for when when we stood on the steps of the parliament and she was there too and we handed over our petition and that was what triggered the law to be changed so as her standing up and having the courage to do so knowing that it was highly unlikely she would get elected given yes yes you know was actually really an essential part of changing the law I think that's wonderful and I certainly Winnie and I talked about that a lot (laughs) you know and honestly it's hard to be rejected Mm -hmm. you know and and you shouldn't be rejected in a in a in a society, Eastern Blay, where half the people are Māori. You know, it just doesn't make sense on any level to me, and never has. <laughs> yeah. So that's exciting, isn't it? It's it's really cool. Bubble sprite of the forest of Orakadui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora all having the best day, beautiful superstars and beloved universes. And I really hope wherever you are, whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique and here making things better. Thank you. Now I know that for all of us these last nearly two years have been a trying time. So much of our time and energy and our huawara tinana, our wider mori, our spiritual essence, our life force, our generative power, our sense of self, our identity, all of these things have been sacrificed, burned and refined upon the altar. <laughs> in the crucible of COVID-19. And for many of us, we have seen that what we had clung to so dearly, so tightly, we don't need anymore. And what we had seen as so much a part of us really was an accessory. In many ways, we can emerge from this time freer and wholer, having realized with more depth, with more clarity, who we are, what we want, and what we need. As much as this redefinition process can feel harsh, it is also empowering. And if we gaze towards, of course, our true home, the origin of our, our self, our identity, our consciousness, our knowledge, our wisdom, our connection with life, of course, the living world to tell. What we find is, again and again, there's so much wisdom coming to us from that realm. And we're so lucky here, of course, in Aotearoa, New Zealand, that Māori came first, named and renamed the landscape over hundreds of years to reflect changes and that deepening understanding of Purika and Pakewaitra, part of the mana whenua, knowledge, the connection with the land. My dear friend Upoko David Allison, last night we were having a lovely time, having been to the opening of her Korokoro Tui, the new performing arts school. He said to me, 
kapu te ruha a hau te rangatahi. We talk about this whakatauki. The old net is cast aside while the new net goes a-catching. <laughs> that really, when we speak about this, it's not about anything being lost <laughs> or anything disappearing. Of course, it's about that constant cycle of nature that as we grow, as we change, as we evolve, we must make space for the new and we must make space for delegation, for mana enhancing, for empowerment of others. Wherever we are from, whoever we are, whatever species we are, however we have sprung forth from Papatonuku, Earth Mother, however we want to conceptualise anything, space must always be made for the new and the old must be allowed to return to the earth and be reborn. And this is part of what is happening now. We are part of the cycle. So I really hope for you, you can draw comfort from the fact that inextricably and intrinsically, we are part of the natural, living, beautiful, breathing, giving world. And we always will be. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Rachel Elder. Rachel, we've seen lots of changes in society over the, the last couple of years. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Um, there's a couple of things that I think are really, really important. Um, the movement to partnership with Māori um, at, at central government, local government and community level, I think is a wonderful thing. Um, and um, I, when the sculpture went up in the Octagon, I said it's long, long overdue. And I think there's, um, it, um, I'm talking to the regional council, um, Andrew Noon, and, and he was commenting about the Māori partnership at the ORC, and he said, honestly, they just contribute so much to the council when it comes to wisdom and knowledge about um, all the things that they are working through. And um, we have a, um, like I say, the Māori Participation Working Party, and we'll have Māori on infrastructure and environmental planning, which are really big portfolios, and looking forward to that. So. I think, um, and the resurgence of the Māori language is really cool. So I think I think that's going to carry on, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, the other thing is, I think people are realising that um, the resources on this planet aren't limit limitless, and um, the carbon zero movement. Um, I suppose it's I see incremental shifts, but I think. In a funny kind of way, all the incremental shifts slowly add up. I heard of um, very slow earthquakes. There's very slow earthquakes and like they're just little. But in the end, they add up. And I think of um, that movement and I look around and, you know, people are buying electric cars. People are mending things. People are going to op shops. People are trying to make things last longer. There's lots of incremental things happening in people's lives that are adding to the change but it's also in their heads they're saying that they need to and so we're looking um the council submitted to the government's waste management plan and the dcc are looking at a donut economy so basically it's um 
reduce reduce what you use reuse what you use and recycle so um but at the other um with product stewardship it's about making the manufacturers accountable for say products that only last a month or whatever it is um that they can be repaired that the packaging they come in they're responsible for so it's starting to move to the top and that's where it has to happen um and come down but i i think there's a real movement there and i think society's accepting that it it, it will take time and i i just look at um using using buses and walking and cycling and i i look at i suppose russell and myself russell now bikes to work um and i walk to work as much as i can i'm not perfect by any means and partly because i'm not always good at time management so i'm <laughs> rushing out the door <laughs> you have to plan a bit more but it's those kind of things i mean do you see anyone with black plastic bags at the supermarket no so i think there's that we kind of are impatient but i think those it is it is moving in that direction steadily there's big um, vest, so, there's big vested interests in not changing and i'm thinking not just of the people who stand to profit by by us continuing to buy petrol for example but also yes. the vested interest of inertia people don't like change people want to to just like stay in the the place they are how do you how are you taking people with you on that this is some sort of better life, not a, a, a lesser life. Oh, I think we could do better at that myself. I, I do really think that, um, you know, for example, um, I use public transport to help me heal from an injury. So I'd bus to work and walk home. And so, um, and the health, we, we, we should be selling the whole thing, the health and wellbeing aspect, the fact that you meet more people and chat to them on the way home. You know, the social connection aspect. I think sometimes we need to actually not just sell one thing and go, I think we need to sell the positives of this a lot more. Um, Russell's lost 5kg, you know, he's fitter and healthier than he's ever been and he loves it. And so um, sometimes we hit, try and hit people over the head, but I don't think that actually works that well, hitting people over the head. <laughs> doesn't work with me anyway <laughs> uh, so I think one of my things is I post on Facebook and I go oh I got this from an op shop or I think it's everyone telling their stories um, and us telling the whole story not just part of it because it's a lifestyle but it's a really neat lifestyle um, if I buy things from the op shop I've got you know more money to um, do other things or invest in my family or you know I can do other things or I don't have to earn as much and I, I can um, not work as much you know there's all those other goodies that come with that change yeah um, if you know what I mean I, I don't know how how to describe it anymore um, I think I think we have to be role models we can't be hitter on the headers we've got to be role models and and we all have to talk about it you know just the even the little things we do you know um yeah if, but if I we think... set if, if we set ourselves up as role models we have to get over the sort of the the fear of having to be perfect all the time yes i agree we have to be vulnerable we have to say oh well actually sometimes i'm not so organized and i take the car or there are complex journeys and sometimes you have to take the car but you know there's I, I don't think we have to, I, I don't think, I, I personally don't like perfect people. I find that, you know, um, 
Yeah, perfect people are scary. <laughs> I'm not perfect, but um, so you can say you slip up every now and then, you buy something in a plastic bag, but it's just like we're all struggling on this together. Yeah, um, maybe maybe that's yet another take for the be kind message is not being perfect. Oh, oh, I think being kind on ourselves and each other is really, really important in this journey. And I, I actually see a lot of polarisation because people have a righteous stance on one side or the other, doesn't matter which, and that creates polarisation. I think saying we're all on a journey together and we're not perfect is probably much kinder on ourselves as much as anybody else. Let's take um, the let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have Cindy Lauper, True Colours. Why this one? Ah, uh, that's because everybody's got some cool colours in them, <laughs> and it's quite cool if they can feel free enough to let them shine. Um, so yeah, I, I I I I can't judge anybody. I can just look for the good in people, and you see such neat things. And um and I think. Uh, True Colours allows people to look at themselves and say, I'm okay.
the theme of this show is positive but not deluded where do you sit on that kind of positive mindset and, and how you position that um i personally have made some choices i won't i won't um pop people down um everybody's got their own position and and you know but i i, I don't know i can't put myself in someone else's shoes you know what they've been through and what they've done so and why they've come to the decision knowledge they have we've all you know we're all the products of um, our environments and our experiences um so um i tend to post say on facebook on things that i think are kind of uplifting in a way so and i like to think about them so just to encourage people to open their minds to um to things um in particular i did a post on the sculpture just recently and you know i just felt that that was an amazing thing and um and i said so and and, and um you know people then had to think about it. i wrote a little poem and so and I love I, I love doing that because I think it lifts people and it helps people think. I also post on on beautiful things, so encouraging people to go for walks, to go to the bush, etc. Um, I and I have a beautiful garden. Post on that. Um, when when Dunedin City reached ninety percent, I posted on that. I think um, I didn't step away from. Um, making people think about things, so challenging people, but at the same time in an empowering kind of way. So uh, I certainly find it I'm drained sometimes, but I don't tend to, I suppose I don't always put that on Facebook. And sometimes I think maybe I should because vulnerability is really important because everybody otherwise think you're super superwoman. <laughs> and none of us are superwoman, <laughs> especially with Rosie the Riveter. And, and I also, if I can't do something through council, then I'll try and make it happen another way. So, for example, council doesn't have millions of dollars for building tracks, right? But I realise, actually, it's the community who wants it. And if you work from the ground up with the community, things can happen. So... Um, I really supported South Dunedin having their own voice and coming to council and speaking at public forum because I don't have to do it all. If it comes from the community, if I can help the community and pull the people together with the knowledge and, and, and the understanding of what needs to be done, then they can do it, you know? Um, so I've, you know, done that. I suppose I realise I do that. Um, I did that with the beginning with Ocho. I helped with starting up Cafe Logic. I've been working with Petri Dish and supporting them and then started up the Deneen Tracks Network and I'm working on some street art at the moment. Those things can't be done in council, but it's no use me going, they can't do it. It's like, actually, it's the community ground grounded in community and working with people with like minds and working from a community base that actually things can happen yeah yeah uh, it, it takes persistence though <laughs> <laughs> I have it does take persistence i have some questions to end the show with what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years 
I was thinking about that. Um, I really, really, um, especially right at the start, was working with Eleanor Doig and South Dunedin. And so I think the work in South Dunedin I'm very proud of um, because it's community-based. Um, so that's really, really important. Um, and um, that's exciting. Um, I also have been um, supporting the Dunedin I set up the Dunedin Tracks Work but Network and we submitted to both the DCC and ORC's annual plans and been supporting Dunedin um, Tunnels Trail and, and there seems to be some movement there which would be really neat to happen. Um, I, I, I'm holding my breath but also being an activist in that space. Um, I am proud of the place-based work in the community um, so we've got funding for place space. You've got Northeast Valley, you've got um, Blue Skin, Green Island, um, a number of place space. And I, I think um, place space work is really neat because it's not about social work. It's about um, a place, uh, enabling a place to achieve their visions and dreams, a community to achieve their visions and green dreams. I was really um, wrapped in the last 10 year plan though that um, there was funding for Māori business and for Marae. I thought that was pretty cool. So, yeah. So what's your superpower? What's my superpower? Mm, I don't know. I think it's probably, probably vision. I've got a bit of vision. But I say, I'm, sometimes it's a system. So I, I can't say it's just one thing. And I'm quite good at initiating and facilitating. So I get out there and pull the right people together and get them talking. And um, yeah, so I, ooh, vision, I think. So you've, al you've already <laughs> answered my next question, which is, are you, do you consider yourself to be an activist? But why do you consider yourself to be an activist? Oh, because um, why? Because I like to see things happen. I don't. It's no use just being in my head. Um, so I'm an activist because I want change, and um, and to facilitate change, you have to be involved. So um, working with South Dunedin, helping them become powerful, um, working, um, you know, with and setting up, helping set up. Um, a couple of startups because one of the things that I recognise and one of the reasons I stood for council actually was because Dunedin had lost a lot of um, sort of manufacturing um, and jobs and I saw a lot of people who who weren't at professional level struggling and I thought Dunedin really does need to be a place of innovation and um, so I got involved with startups so helped probably two of them and also you know, supported Petri just with, um, you know, um, getting some funding from MB. Um, yeah, so um, I've got a lot of knowledge in my head that I can use to help people get somewhere. I like that notion. Um, of, I like that notion of you have to have the vision, but there's no use, there's no use the vision just staying in your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not much good, is it? So that that's why Rosie, Rosie the Riveter, who's my symbol, I suppose, or um, my alter ego. <laughs> she's wearing, you know, overalls. She's rolling her sleeves up. She's she's a symbol of social justice. She's a symbol of woman and empowerment. She's a, a symbol of action. I think she's quite cool. <laughs> so what motivates I'm, you? But I, what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What motivates me? Um, 
what motivates me is um, enabling change to happen, actually. So, um, you know, I'm excited about the um, coastal cycleway connection, which I've been supporting. I'm excited about, you know, the tunnel, Tunnels Trust moving forward. I'm excited about South Dunedin and their work. Uh, so I, I get excited about movement forward. Um, I'm excited about um, you know the partnership and the progress of partnership with Māori. Yeah, I'm excited about lots of things actually. <laughs> I'm uh, so um, yeah. There's a lot of yeah. actually. I'm excited about my grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love my grandchildren. So, what challenge or opportunity are you looking forward to in the next year or so? Um, I would love to um, to be able to enable. Um, a network of tracks to happen across Dunedin, linking them all up that are really accessible to everyone. Um, a lot of people can't go on holiday um, because they can't afford to, but if you could have a holiday at home and connect with nature, wouldn't that be cool? Um, so I'm I'm really really excited about that, um, and we're you know we're on our way. Um, the um, I'm excited about getting more. Um, visibility of, and um, some art in South Dunedin mm -hmm. um, because, again, quite often people can't afford a beautiful piece of art in their bedroom or their house, but if you have a beautiful art in the community, I call it, I call it democratic art. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not everyone goes to the art gallery, but they all go down the street. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to um, sort of South Dunedin um, and the work they're doing there. They've got a playground coming up in Bathgate Park, which should have been done years ago. If you look at the social demographics, it should have been done years ago with my little social justice hat on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to really enjoy the opening of that, you know. And, um, you know, the council's doing some really good good work in that space. Um, there's going to be more um, playgrounds in um, communities that need them. Um, which I think is really important. Coming from being brought up in a forest, I've always thought the outdoors was important. So, um, and it's about equity of access. So, um, I think having having very good playgrounds in areas where people don't get away is more important than in places where people have the power to get away. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's your backyard. You need a good backyard. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about a lot of those things. Um, and they will happen. And lastly, and quickly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Mm. Well, I think Christmas is coming up, and we're all a bit tired. Um, and sometimes the expectations we have coming up to Christmas are humongous. I think we should just be going. Let's be kind to ourselves. Let be, let's be kind to our brains and let's just kind of chill and be lazy. You're allowed to be lazy. You're allowed to be slack. Um, you're allowed to buy a chicken instead of buy, um, cocking it if it's stressing you out. You don't need to buy lots of presents. Just enjoy each other. Um, Christmas this year should be a time to just chill. And... Um, because I look at people and go, oh, my gosh, you know, there's so much um, coming their way. So and the other thing is we all get discouraged about achieving our dreams and we sometimes hit walls. And I do, too. But I think one of the things I've learned from um, the stuff I'm doing is actually 
Um, yes, you will hit a wall, but persistence is what's going to get you there. Keep on going um, and find like-minded people um, because, um, yeah, I think we often think that we that we have to have superpowers, but sometimes it's actually the superpower of persistence and sheer bloody-mindedness. <laughs> that I'm not super talented, you know, I don't see myself as super talented in some senses, um, but I do believe in the impossible. And I think it's partly, and it's a huge amount of doggedness and sheer bloody-mindedness and finding a couple of people who is on the same page as you. <laughs> Thank you for you that. You know, you all have moments where you think, shit, are we getting anywhere? But the, the fact that you put one foot in front of the other is the surest way to get there. <laughs> Not big steps. Thank you. Mawera. Yeah. Rachel, thank you so much for all that you do for not just your local community, but the way that that then flows out to the wider Aotearoa community. Um, thank you for your insight, for your sensitivity to the needs of, um, of the individual groups within the community, in particular Māori, because it is a really tricky time at the moment, especially in local mm. governments in places where the law, you know, the, the legislation didn't impact. Um, and um, just for your kindness and your activism, it's been a real pleasure to get to um, speak with you today. And thanks for joining us. And Merry Christmas to you and your whanau. Yeah, yeah. And look after yourselves this Christmas. You're allowed to blob. <laughs> Thank you for that. We're going out this week to, this month in fact, to the 12 days of Christmas. Let's go out to, oh, with no suggestions as commentary on the council. Let's go out to John Denver and the Mothers. <laughs> yes. On the first day of Christmas my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. Second day of Christmas my true love gave to me Two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree On the third day of Christmas my true love gave to me Three French hens, two turtle doves And a partridge in a pear tree On the fourth day of Christmas my true love gave to me Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five gold rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. True love gave to me six geese five gold rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me seven swans a swimming, six geese Swans are swimming, six geese a lane, five gold rings, four calling 
hummingbirds, beef, French hen, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me ten lords a leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids a looking, seven swans a swimming, six geese a laying. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Sam Man, that's Tiger Polytechnic in Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatane. And from central Dunedin, we have been joined by Rachel Elder. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.